Welcome to episode 228 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Today is edition number 132 of Bubba and the Batflip. Bubba and I will be taking a look at week, I think we're at 19, week 19 fab. Um, so an interesting week, the first week after the trade deadline where a lot of uh, a lot of things happened, a lot of things changed, and um, we're all kind of trying to adjust to it. So um, pretty interesting. We also share our ads and drops. We have answer a listener question. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get this party started. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 132. Going to recap your week 19 fab, your strategy talk, and more. Coming at you on a Sunday night, so hope you guys enjoy the extra time to maybe get some moves for yourself taken care of this week. You can find myself on Twitter at BDintrick, and my co's always on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. Toby, how we doing, man? Uh, doing well, Bubba. Definitely a, um eventful fab period for me. I was pretty aggressive on a couple players that other people weren't as aggressive aggressive on so we were just talking before the show i'm like wondering if i've missed something or um you know just you know i hope i didn't blow it <laughs> we'll see we'll see that's like, that's pretty much it that's 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 the definition of this fab period for me it was weird for me too because usually i put like a couple bids in here and there but like there was multiple leagues dropping so i was doing like overhauls of teams in certain spots and you know dropping the Rysella Glaciuses and the Taylor Rogers again these are 12 teams maybe 15s you hang on a little longer but dropping all these guys was like this is so painful this really really stings like it's this is where we're at folks like it's it's part of the deal but um a lot of moves like that a lot of uh, Yadiel Hernandez's Oscar Gonzalez bids and other things that we'll talk about as we uh, get into the our, our recap of the week and fab and our picks in general but before we get into that, with it being Sunday night and all, and people still have the ability to make some ad drops in their leagues, potentially, advice from one of the NFC, NFBC's best over here in Toby. And kind of like at this point in the year, this week, like what were you kind of looking at for um, as you're doing your fab bids? Was there anything specific, like certain matchups that look tasty or, or what were you looking at? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how the the uh, the season goes in terms of uh, one of one of the NFBC's best. I don't I don't know I don't know about that. The direction my my season is is taking right now. Um, I think for this week, I mean, it's really challenging for me. I'm less interested in pitchers. I think this was a unique week because it's the first week after the trade deadline. So we've started to see some situations kind of settle in a little bit. Maybe some that aren't like even Rowan Wick, who I know was the biggest like closer um, target, at least in 15 team leagues, like we're kind of ex- assuming that he's the closer because there's nobody else left in that bullpen, which, you know, is, is I think probably accurate, but, but we're not really sure. So I think part of this week's strategy was a little bit different because it was trying to take a look at maybe some playing time pieces heading out of the, the trade deadline where, you know, maybe some guys who weren't getting playing time are getting some now or, um, 
you know, uh, or guys who we thought might get traded and may not have playing time or having some. So I think that was kind of first and foremost. Um, and then I also think that there's, there's some matchups based, but honestly, it's, I think it's really challenging right now because, you know, everybody who's left in the player pool waiver wire wise is generally like a platoon bat, or there's some sort of major question mark over their playing time. And so a lot of it is just kind of trying to guess or trying to be a little bit early and figuring out guys who maybe have more playing time than we were anticipating. And I think as I get through my fab um, pieces, well, and also this week is, a, is at least for my pitchers, is a pretty brutal week. Like a lot of the guys that I have a lot of, like Miles Mikolas, he's got at Colorado to start off. Then he's got Milwaukee. I have a lot of Brady Singer. I don't feel great about that Dodgers start, you know, just because he struggles with control a little bit and and they've got such a good eye. So it's really like just depends on, you know, what's going on with your team. I have a I have some teams where I have four or five relievers who are going to be in this week because of, you know, just a, a not liking the matchups that I have and being pretty good in K's and wins. So, yeah. Yeah, and when it comes to matchups, well, when it comes to matchups, there's like a few schedules you could look at where like they had four over the weekend because of a doubleheader, or you know they had four or five early in the week, but it wasn't like glaring differences like we've seen in previous weeks, as you mentioned. Um, we have a little bit of Coors action this week. I think we have a weekend of Cincinnati, Great American Small Park, so you can kind of play that game if you wanted to, but it wasn't like juicy like you said. Um, it was weird in my most competitive um, OC out of my four it's been really competitive all year between people actually just keep playing basically competitive wise. And when I was, I was going my fab in my other three leagues first, there's all these guys available, similar guys in a lot of the leagues and everything. And I'm making my, my bids and, and whatnot. Then you get to this league. And I thought I was on a 15 teamer because like hitter wise, it's like you said, it was a lot of like platoon dudes. It was rough. It was hard to justify, you know, adding and dropping certain players. So I was, I was putting I when we do recaps, I have a lot of Andres Munoz pickups this week. That's where I was at. Like because you know that pickup. He's getting occasional saves, but his ratios, his strikeouts, like I'm well, like Peter Fairbanks, lots of that. Um, you know, guys that might not be locked in the closest role like we talked about before, but I'd be willing to put some uh, wagers down that they probably finish with better season numbers but from here forward than Rowan Wick does. I, I'd be willing yeah. to put some some conversations in that department. I don't even um, like Rowan Wick. I put he was he was in my contingency bids, but like sixth or seventh in pitchers. Like I and we'll get to because he's the highest in the OCs as well, the highest added player. It was just one of those like I get it. People need saves. It's what we're gonna people are gonna get thirsty for, but at the same time, it's like we've talked about it time and time again. These teams are bad. Like they're bad and Rowan Wick, we've seen good, we've seen bad from Rowan Wick. Is it good enough to be dumping the bank for? We'll see. Like, you know, Felix Bautista went a lot of places uh, last week. He, he finished everywhere else this week. Devin Williams was in one of my four OCs. He went for like 187 bucks. Um, don't blame anybody for that. Like, he's legit awesome. So you got that going for you. But in the end, it's um, I was I was more interested in getting, um, like, if there's Jonathan Hernandez still out there, if there was stuff along those lines and compared to a Rowan Wick or I mentioned Andres Munoz, Peter Fairbanks, stuff like that, or speculate and talk about over the show. Go and give me like a Jose Quintana who has an ugly core start this week, but has a great two step the following week. Go give me Justin Steele who's been pitching great and strikeout stuff's been on. He's got some really nice matchups coming up. Um, I'm going to start putting those kind of uh, flyers out there and, and see where things go. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it works well. But like you said at the beginning there, 
hitting's getting tough to find these days. Um, when Nicky Lopez looks attractive because he's stealing a lot of bags and playing every day, that gets tricky. When your Yadiel Hernandez is back towards the top of your list of things to do, kind of tells you where things are going. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to kind of wait and see. But hopefully you guys are – if you have any questions, let us know. If you're watching, jump in the chat. If not, uh, send us a message and we can kind of help you out through there. But it's uh, going to be a fun week, fun week for sure. All right. Let's recap. As usual, we use the OCs uh, at drops for the week at the NFBC 12-team leagues. And as I mentioned, your top guy in 132 leagues as high as $105. Rowan Wick checks the boxes there, like you said. Cupboard's bare in Chicago. So it looks like it's Wick's job to lose. He got a win on Saturday. Still, overall numbers aren't too uh, you know great, but he has not given up a run since July 9th, if you want to try to look at the uh, – positive of this one don't tell me that 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 makes me feel like just one of those regression games is is coming is coming soon most Um, definitely most definitely (laughs) yeah i mean i i picked him up in a couple places in 15 teamers where i needed um i needed saves you know i lost as i as i recounted uh i finally felt like i was in a pretty good shape with closers, I had like Sarah Anthony Dominguez on a few teams. I had Lou Trevino on a couple teams, and then um, it all went it all went sideways sideways for the trade deadline. So I added him. I don't think Rowan Wick's good. I think he's bad. I don't think um, you know. I I don't think there's a lot of. I think you're just hoping we've got two months left in the season, eight weeks. I think at this point you're just hoping that he gets lucky. Um, you know, he does have a 380 BABIP against, you know, so he's got that going for him. But, you know, you look back, his career whip is 145. He has been able to maintain a decent ERA at 377 over a strikeout per inning. But like the swinging strike isn't good for a reliever, 10.4% this year. K minus walk is abysmal at 11.1% for a reliever. The O swing at 33.1% is, is at least a little bit nice because it keeps that walk rate from being in the stratosphere. But, it normally is in the stratosphere for him, 10.4%, you know, for his career in zone contact isn't much better either. So there's not a lot going for him. He's probably not going to get a lot of opportunities on the Cubs, but you know, if you're, if it's tight and saves and you need saves, you roll the dice with Rowan Wick. And as you'll be able to tell when we go through this, um, people are tight on saves because the top four added players are all potential closers and five of the top seven uh, or five of the top yeah, seven are potential closers. So people are, uh, are searching, searching high and low right now. And the next one up, we talked about him a lot last week. It's Felix Bautista picked up at 105 leagues as high as 317. Like I said, we talked about him a ton last week. I added him everywhere I could last week. Any other thoughts on Felix Bautista? We covered pretty in depth last week. No, I mean, he's really good. I look back at some leagues. It's like in one of my mains. Um, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but I grabbed uh, Nick Martinez for like six bucks because I thought he might get saves with Rogers going off. Mm-hmm. And Bautista went for three bucks, you know, and it's just like a week later. It's just so different. But I think the thing with Bautista for me, I mean, he's been absolutely dominant. We talked about it last last week. 27.2% K minus walk rate, 15% swinging strike, 77% in zone. I mean, he's absolutely dominant. You know, the one thing that I'd say, you know, gives me like a little bit of pause, you know, is he does have a 222 BABIP and a 92% strand rate. So whether he can, 
with hold though, or he can keep that up for the next eight weeks. I'm not sure, but I would much rather have Felix Bautista than I would uh, Rowan Wick for sure. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Baltimore's at least winning some baseball games these days, so that'll keep it interesting as well. But uh, you know, it's scary because I think his first outing after the trade did not go normal for Felix Bautista. He had a runner two, and he blew a save, but he's been pretty darn good since then. So business as usual for Bautista. The next one's going to have some people stressing out quite a bit, but that's what you get when you add Ian Kennedy in 97 leagues, as high as $81. He picked up a couple saves and uh, got the loss on Saturday, got a save on Friday, save earlier in the week. And then Mark Melanson got the save on Sunday night. And uh, they've already come out and said that it's a committee. Like the, the manager flat said, we are in a committee. So Kennedy got a couple. Melanson got the one on Sunday. Just know you're going to play him, and there's going to be good weeks. There's going to be bad weeks. Probably more bad than good when it comes to Ian Kennedy. But uh, we've done this dance with Ian Kennedy before, Toby. We have, and I'm doing it again, Bubba. <laughs> Nope. No holds barred. Just go it. Just going for it. Um, I picked him up in a few a uh, few places. You know, the one thing I'll say about him, he has been a lot better recently. Um, you know, he's on the season three twenty two ERA and one two seven WHIP, which isn't going to destroy you. Um, thirty four strikeouts and thirty six innings, so not great there. You know, relatively low BABIP, but he's historically had a pretty pretty low BABIP as well. 12.9% K minus walk, 9.2% swinging strike. So, you know, again, nothing great, you know, in the zone, he's right on the average. Um, if you take a look at his last 15, I think they're better. At least I'm not sure I looked this week, but when I was looking at him last week, um, it was better. I'm just going to get it up here quickly. Um, yeah, it's a little bit better. Um, in zone is slightly worse than league average. His K rate is up to 28.3% um, and 9.4% over his last 15, 10.8% swinging strike. So he's doing fine. He's not spectacular. He's very Rowan Wickish. Um, better than Melanson. <laughs> he is better than Melanson. And I think Melanson got the save today, but Kennedy pitched the last two nights. And I think it's his job um, until he blows it. And, you know, and it could be, it could be a committee, but, they really haven't given other guys opportunities like man to ply. He may have one save, um, but they really haven't gotten him in there. And he's really struggled in the second half. Melanson's just been God awful. And so, yeah, so I, I'm feeling pretty good about Kennedy there, at least having access to saves. And, and that's the thing with a lot of these pickups, honestly, is it's like, you're just hoping that, that, you know, you're looking at your box score and it's bottom of the eighth and it flips over to the top of the ninth. And you're hoping that the pitcher that shows up, if you're watching the screen running out of the bullpen or on your little phone, you're just hoping it's that guy, right? That's what you're hoping is to get the chance. And if you get the chance, you're just hoping you get lucky and, and they can string together a few, few good outings. That's all. That's, that's all I'm hoping for. Yeah, that's where we're at right now. There's not. There's nothing wrong with that at all. That's just the way, the way this part of the season works. Is we're just hoping that it sticks because most teams that traded away their closers are bad teams to begin with. So you're, you're, uh, you're, you're hoping for the best in those scenarios. So, yeah, we couldn't all get Devin Williams. He wasn't available in very many leagues this week. So that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. Um, the fourth closer in a row here, Jonathan Hernandez, added in 90 leagues. This size 86 dollars. Talked about him a lot last week. I think you were in on him he had two sa- he's got two saves so far strikeouts have picked up a bit in his last couple outings was good to see because i mentioned last time out i was kind of nervous he wasn't striking guys out lots of ground balls 
But, you know, before he got hurt a couple of years ago, he had some good strikeout stuff, and it's maybe starting to come back because he's getting more comfortable on the mound. He looks to be the guy. Joe Barlow, who I was kind of stashing last week, I still have him stashed in a few leagues. His rehab keeps getting messed with, so I don't know what's going on there. He might be a drop for me next week uh, everywhere else. But uh, right now it's Don Hernandez's world, and um, everyone else is finally living in it. What do you got on him? Yeah, I mean, with Hernandez, I mean, like you mentioned, since last week, the numbers are a lot better. And again, I think last week we had three innings. We now have seven. But swinging strike is fantastic at 17.5%. K-minus walk is 17.9%. I think the walk rate is really key for him. You know, right now it's 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 pretty low. It's 10% on his career. The O swing is at 25%. So he's not getting guys to chase inside the zone. But I think the encouraging thing is, you know, or, or he's not getting guys to chase outside the zone, but the encouraging thing is his in-zone contact is way down. It's down 5% from, from previous career levels, 77.4%. So if he can dominate in the zone, if he can get swings and misses in the zone, then I think that really can, can kind of change the narrative with him. The ground ball rate is still really high at 68.4%. Um, the velo is right where it was previously. You know, he's throwing that sinker a lot. So... Yeah, it looks really good for him. And I, I mean, I think one of the th nice things about a guy like him that throws with this level of velocity, which the other two guys that we we talked about don't, is it gives you at least a little bit of cushion. You know, it gives you a little bit of room to not necessarily be perfect. The changeup um, has been really good for him, which he's throwing slightly more than previously. 23.5% swinging strike rate, 37.5% O swing in zone contact at 50%. I mean, he's got two pitches that have close to 25% swinging strike, whether or not that will continue to happen. I'm not sure, but if he can be like he was in 2020, where he had two pitches that were 20% or higher, you know, I still think he can be really, really good um, doing that. And I think they got pretty smart people in Texas too. Uh, we've seen some pitchers take, you know, a next step like John Gray there. So hopefully they can help him. Yeah, I'm, of himself. I'm hoping so. I jumped back on board after we talked last week and watching the. I, I saw what I needed to see this week. But all the things I was concerned about last week, I saw. So he was definitely in bids higher than what Rowan Wick for me going forward. Still, there's concerns as Texas. How many games they're going to win? That's a concern. But it seems like it's the old adage. Sometimes it, what the bad teams when they win, it's going to be a close game probably. So you got that going for you because they're not that good. That was my old mantra for years with the Royals. It's like. My last closer is always going to be the Royals closers. Give me him. They're still going to win like 50 to 6, and they're going to be close. I'll get shot and see what happens. So we'll see how it goes in Texas. Uh, the next player I added in a lot of leagues. We'll get to that later. But Jose Quintana added in 88 leagues. I had $57. I did not $57 on Quintana. Made his Cardinals debut this past week. Six innings, one earned, seven Ks against the Cubs. He's only given up one run in his last three starts. Three very effective this year. 3-3-9 ERA. 3.73 xFIP. Um, even his strikeouts are better than I thought. 21.2 percent. Kato walks not ideal by any means, but uh, Quintana's very serviceable, and especially going to the you know Central pitching in St. Louis. And we talked about it before the show. He's got Colorado in Coors this week, which is not great. The following week is pretty nice though. So I like Quintana. What do you got on him? Yeah, I like him a lot. I've, I've picked him up in a couple 15 teamers where he was on the wire over the last like month or two. Um, and I've been really pleased. Yeah. He got the ideal scenario, you know, where he goes to what has been a pitcher's park. He goes to the best infield defense 
in all of baseball with the Cardinals. You know, he doesn't have a huge ground ball rate at 45%, but slightly above league average. So that'll help him a lot. And he also gets to play against the NL Central. I mean, the NL Central is garbage right now. I mean, you got the Reds, you got the Pirates, you got the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs, like their lineup's okay, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not that tough. I mean, even the Brewers, I mean, the Brewers lineup is not something that necessarily frightens you. So, you know, really nice move for him. I think the key, the, the BABIP has been extraordinarily high over the last um, two kind of, or three seasons, really, 326, 360, 378. Some of them were partial, but, you know, getting hit hard. You know, that's kind of back down to where it is normally with his career, 297. The strand rate isn't anything crazy. The home run per nine, you know, there's probably a little bit of give there. He's at 0.66, career 0.94, more recently a little bit higher than that. But again, you know, going to um, Bushfield, like that's a great spot, you know, hard, difficult home run park, you know, again, great defense. So I think he checks a lot of the boxes of not just a guy you want to stream. I mean, in a 12-teamer streaming, yeah, next week, like you mentioned, but as a 15-teamer, this is kind of like your quintessential solid guy where he's in 75% of the time and in the tougher matchups, maybe you take him out. Now that he's on the Cardinals, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. You're not starting him at, at Coors, but in a lot of scenarios, I can see you starting him in a lot of places. And he's been good against like the Dodgers and the Yankees. I think he had a good outing too, so he can pull it off. Yep, very, very serviceable. Got the kind of guy that as we get into September, and at least they don't expand their rosters like they used to, but you see a lot more bad pitching in September because guys are hurt. They start shutting guys down. You get these AAA guys coming up. And like when you can plug Quintana into your lineup without having to think twice, it's a very nice feeling to have. Like just to not have to worry about, like Toby mentioned earlier, he has a lot of relievers this week. It's nice when you can just go, I'm going to play Quintana this week. I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. So he's one of those players, not flashy, not sexy, but really solid guy to put on your roster and not have to worry about a whole lot. Oscar Gonzalez of the Cleveland Guardians, outfielder, added in 78 leagues as high as $88, returned from the IL this past week. He's hit safely in all five games since he's been uh, brought back, barreling the ball over 15% of the time, hard hit rate around 54% of the time. He was swinging it really well, like pretty well, I'll say, I'll say pretty well. Before he got hurt, he was very serviceable, and um, now he's back, and he's looking like he's picking up where he left off. Fran Mill's gone. He's DFA'd. Uh, that's Oscar's job. He's hitting fifth more often than not in that lineup. I think, especially in the 15s, he's a pretty solid add in 12s. We talk about it week in and week out. There's always like a group of outfielders that get added in 12s that you can bring them, you stream them, drop them, stream them, drop them. Oscar at least looks like he might have some uh, viability for most of the season. What do you think about Oscar Gonzalez? Yeah, for sure. Deeper leagues, definitely. I mean, 12 teamers, he's really kind of a matchup, you know, streamer um type of guy you know and this week is is fine i mean he's got at detroit so he's got some good pitching matchups but only six games and then he's got you know toronto although he's got kikuchi and white on the weekend so um you know not not bad at all like you mentioned i mean batting average wise really solid you know the one concern is the plate discipline 45.4 percent o swing you know his walk rate is a minuscule 3.4 percent. i think it's been like 12 games since he walked uh, something like that. Ground ball rate is high at 55%, limiting the power a little bit. You know, and I think that's going to be the real key for him. He's not giving you any speed. He's going to give you some decent batting average. He has so far 349 Babbitt, but you know, like with the with the pretty high, relatively high contact rate, at least for a guy who's supposed to have a little bit of power, you know, that's good. Um, 
but only three home runs and 150 plate appearances is a little bit disappointing. You know, that's on pace for 12 over 600 plate appearances. Uh, bad X only has him for four more home runs, you know, for the rest of the season and 156 plate appearances. So it'll be interesting you know, if he gets a ton of run and, and it's closer to, you know, that 20, that 200 plate appearances that he can get to, it's helpful. But in the middle of the lineup, you know, bat and a 15 teamer, you love it. He's playing every day in a 12 teamer. I'd want probably the seven games of some other outfielder. Take the over four the rest of the way. I'll take the over right now. I, I have confidence okay. in Oscar and get it done. He already hit one this past week since he came back. I think, I think we're going to see some fun with him. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my chances on that one. Cool. All right. Will Crow added in 72 leagues as high as $22 as, um, with David Bednar going to the IL. Crow picked up a save a few games back, got a, a win the night after. He's been actually pretty effective overall out of the bullpen this season. Just obviously hasn't had the closers role because Bednar's just a beast. And then he saw Stratton and uh, David step back there. But it looks like Crow's going to get most of the run for now. I Bednar's out. It's a back issue. Um, there's no timetable for his return, but they're acting like it's not a big deal. So I don't know how long Bedner will be. I was looking everywhere for it while I was doing fab today. It's crow job for now. And, uh, some people bought into it. What do you got on him? Yeah. I mean, Bednar stay on the IL as long as you want. Um, but <laughs> just take it easy. There's nothing to play for the rest of the year. You know, just don't, don't go, um, don't go crazy. Uh, uh, Will Crow is a, uh, DC special for me. Yep. Um, I'm not sure how many teams I have them on. It's like something like probably 13 or something like that, 12, 11, something like that. I really liked Will Crow heading into this year. As you mentioned, he's been really good. He's actually been worse um, recently. The overall numbers for the season, though, are solid. 57 strikeouts in 58 games, 309 ERA, 118 whip. Um, he's kept that walk rate down, which has been a struggle for him in the past. And obviously being in the bullpen, you know, it helps his stuff play up a little bit. 12.7% swinging strike, 13.6 K minus walk, 33.7 O swing and 82.9 in zone contact. So that's really good. All those numbers are worse though in his last 15. Um, so again, he's a guy, if you added him, you're really looking for saves. I don't think the skills are, are anything to write home about, you know, over a short sample, certainly they could be, but you know, again, I think he's better than Wick. I think he's better than Kennedy from a skills perspective, but like you mentioned, Bednar's coming back pretty soon. So you're hoping maybe to get like, you know, two, three weeks at a crow. And that's what I'm hoping for. And I, I picked him up in a couple places. And hey, that could almost be half the season going forward. So that's actually a that's pretty, true. Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, we're going to start thinking sample size now. It's give me three weeks and we're almost halfway to the end of the season. That could be pretty productive. All this And he, he's one of those guys you mentioned just overall quality. Like he's not an Andres, Andres Munez or anything like that, but He's been very good this year. So he's one of those guys that as we get deeper into the season, like I mentioned pitching gets worse and worse. You might just hold on to the dude and see what happens. Like just maybe bend, backs flare back up. You might want him sitting there. So we'll, we'll, that'll be a something to cross down the road. But uh, he's not the worst guy to roster. Like I'm with you. I have him in a lot of DCs. I've rostered him in 15 team leagues a couple times this year just for uh, just for needs. He wasn't like my top priority, but just that active league and stuff happened. So he's been on my roster before. So we'll see how that goes going forward. Bubba Thompson, the Texas Rangers. He was a highly touted prospect at one point in time. Things haven't gone his way completely, but he's uh, he's getting a shot. In the minors, he hit 303 with 13 home runs and 49 stolen bases, caught three times in 80 games. That's pretty, pretty good, as they say. He stole two bases on Friday night already. Um, he looks like he's going to get some regular run hit at the bottom of the Texas order. 
So people were flocking to Bubba Thompson that needs speed. Uh, what's your thoughts on Bubba? Yeah, he's a guy who uh, he's actually a really good. He's a really good example of how of like how building a team is like a, is a puzzle or like, I don't know. I'm always conscious. I always try to be conscious of like how decisions that you make during the draft impact you later on. Bubba Thompson is like a huge weakness for me because the way that I draft, I'm pitcher heavy. Right. And so I'm always looking for more speed and I'm oftentimes a little bit deficient in speed. And so what you end up doing is going after Bubba Thompson's. You know, Josh Smith, who, who honestly, just for a second, I picked that guy up for steals. He literally has zero steals in like the 10 weeks <laughs> that he has been on my teams. Like, I thought this guy was supposed to be fast. You like, weren't the only one. You weren't the only one. I know a lot of people were on that page. Hell, Josh Smith. Oh, my God. Um, anyways. But like, you know, it's Josh Smith, it's Roman Quinn, it's all these guys where you're just hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. But what they do is they just drag everything down. They drag everything down. This is how I lost one of the reasons, I, one of the ways I lost Barf. Whenever, when I say that, I, I don't mean like... Hey, we're tied we're, for third. We're tied for third right now. So no, you no, no, no. Last year. Last year oh, I was I'm in first about this year. I was like, you haven't lost anything yet. Sammy's yeah, running or, away with it, but... It's not I over think yet. it was last year. I was in first place for a lot of it. And then my team faded down the stretch and because it, it was because I became obsessed with steals. And so I had all these guys that don't do anything, right? Who hit at the back of the lineup, who you're just hoping their OBPs are sub three. You're just hoping they get on base with an opportunity to steal. And it never happens. It almost never happens, right? And so that's what Bubba Thompson is. So I tried to stay away from him because they've dragged my teams down enough. But this is all just a long-winded way of saying, like when you go pitcher heavy like that, one of the things you don't think about at the time when you're drafting is just that later on, the reason why you have that weakness is because you drafted like that. And because you're always looking for those guys to help you, especially in an overall where you're like, oh my God, I'm really good at a lot of things, but I'm not good at speed. How do I make this up? And, and you know, you, you fail. Um, so I was not that interested in Bubba Thompson he seems like that guy, you know, his, the hardest ball he's hit at a nine is like 96 miles per hour. Um, you know, will he get run? Maybe when Cole Calhoun comes back, will he be gone? Probably. Is he going to play himself out of the job? 85% chance. Um, is he worth seven bucks or whatever it is that you probably paid for him? Maybe, but I'd rather have him on my bench and see if I can kind of catch gold that way, especially against Houston pitchers. Houston pitchers are just going to destroy him. So anyways, that's my cynical look at Bubba Thompson. And I just want to point out Bubba. Uh, There's a lot of things I don't like about Bubba Thompson. There's one thing I love about Bubba Thompson. His name. And that's his first name. Thank you. Thank you. I've already gotten um, Mr. Bloomfield um, already attached me to Vlad Sedler's tweet about uh, he picked up Bubba and like every league is like something like I'm relying on Bubba and then um the guilds comment on similar so then Ryan tagged me he's like it's all up to you Bubba no pressure and I'm like oh great yep great you want me for speed gotcha um but um similar to that vein before we go to the next guy 
just like doing a lot of my research over the weekend, I just wanted to point out, like, if you are looking for steals, and the, it, when you said this happened to you last year with steals, I remember we talked about it when, like, in the off season, something that I wanted to improve on. What crushed a lot of my teams late that I was doing well in, I was chasing wins and strikeouts. Like, there's certain because I did not go as pitcher heavy. It's like the balance, the puzzle, like you said, of putting it all together. And sometimes injuries the happen. Hard, man. Some, sometimes injuries happen that screw up the whole puzzle. Like it was a good puzzle, and then you know your two year old comes in and eat some of the pieces and now you can't even put the puzzle together or something like things happen take that kid to the doctor yeah real quick real quick because that could get ugly um but what uh i was gonna say is if you're looking for steals and you want someone that you might have a little better track record with and he's available in a ton of leagues because we're not going to talk about him tonight but i noticed in a lot of waiver wires nicky lopez is starting to run and play again just gonna throw it out there to you. Mm-hmm. He's like not last year, huh? not sexy at all. But since August first, he's already got four steals. He's hitting two ninety four. He's playing every game, and he's got middle like all kinds of flexibility. So I'm just throwing it out there. If you're looking for steals, I'd rather trust Nicky Lopez than Bubba Thompson. Is what I'm trying to say. So there are mm. guys out there that at least have some track record. It's never sexy. It's always stressful. Kind of what Toby was saying, but I just want to throw that name out there. He's He's starting to do his Nicky Lopez thing again after basically not doing it all year and everybody just shunning him. It's happening mm-hmm. again. So keep an eye on that one. Hey, Baba, that cool. what you pointed out about the puzzle pieces being eaten, that actually yes. reminds me of something. There is a Curious George story. In the original Curious George stories, there's like an anthology. And in one of them, he eats a puzzle piece. And it's a really good... Curious George is one of the worst written any things I've ever seen in my life. And the reason why is because there's no like cause and effect at all. There's just like this winding road that he goes on. So he like eats a puzzle piece and his stomach hurts and he goes to the doctor and he's there and there's a lot of other people who are hurt. And then he meets some boy um, who like hurt his leg. And then he like you know, gets in the wheelchair that the kid's using and then he rides the wheelchair and then he knocks over the mayor and the other people that were touring the facility. And after he does that, they're like, oh my God, George, you're in trouble. But then George makes like faces and then all the kids who are in the hospital start laughing and they're having a great time. And then they're like, George, we're going to give you the keys to the city. And you're at the end and you're just wondering, like, where's the puzzle this piece? Dude just, he ate a puzzle piece. <laughs> you're like, oh, we're going to, no, no, no. I forgot a part. They go into surgery and they give him like the, med- mm-hmm. the medicine that knocks you out. And it's just like, it's just, it's just, anyways. <laughs> I it's feel a little like bit a lot- of a tangent, but man, Curious George. It's it- kind of like those shows that are like, you, you know, true crime. And like everything's leading towards one person. And then in the last two minutes, they're like, oh, but we just found this new clue and that's totally wrong. It's this person. And then they end it. And you're just like, <laughs> what was the point of all this other stuff that happened? You know? Oh, I love it. I love it. And if it makes anybody feel better that hasn't read kid book, kids books yet, there's a lot of books like Curious George. You read, you're reading them going, where are we going with this right now? Like, what are we doing? At like just, yeah, mind-boggling. Kids love them. All right, Cheryl Crow, Next. Long and Winding Road. You know. There you go. All you're coming full circle here. I love this. Will Crow, Cheryl Crow. We got it all going on here. Oh man, every day is a winding road. That's how it goes. Every right? day, yeah. Bubba Thompson will make it a winding road for you. That's for sure. For sure. Um, I've been listening to a lot of '90s music recently, Bubba. Uh, like '90s hits, and it is just a trip Brings down memory lane. Nostalgia, a bunch of nostalgia. You remember for you. all the lyrics. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. 
Maybe yeah. we should have a uh, podcast where we just, me and you just sing to 90s music while we people, read Curious People, be, be our most listened to episode. I guarantee you. Uh, oh, speaking of 90s music, um, last weekend, I did not go, but I had friends go to watch Garbage. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like my young, young, young self. <laughs> of that. It's, it's terrifying totally. who's on tour right now. But uh, that yeah, That's so funny. I got my hair cut today and I was telling the hair, hairdresser, that um uh that i was listening to 90s music and she said i love garbage she said that was like my favorite you band go. you know so <laughs> that's two times in a single day garbage has come garbage. if i haven't heard of them in, in yeah. like years twice today you're welcome all we're right i'm even talking about the nl about? central either no but we are talking about yusei kakuchi so again coming full circle um Jesus. In people are still leagues. adding yusei kakuchi on their team Holy cow. It's a two-step two week. It's a two-step week. This is what people do. Added in 66 leagues as high as $55. He's been okay his last two starts. But he hasn't gone past five innings in either one of those starts. It's been um, um, ugly is what I would say. So I get the two steps. I was not playing that game. What about you? Bubba, the year is 2032. You say Kikuchi has a great-looking two-step coming up. And people are still adding him to his team. Yeah. Like, what is, is he? Get, what time, is he supposed to do for you? Remember Let's last time his two step was at Oakland and he got blown up. Yeah, I, I I remember that very clearly. I mean, he's he's awful. The lowest whip he's had in a full season is one point three. The lowest ERA he's had in a full season is four four one. Um, it just it's not going to work out well for you guys. All right, I'm sorry. It may work for. A few starts in a row, but he's just, he's not there. He's not there, guys. Yeah, it's its scary. So not even going to throw any numbers at you. It's just, yep. it's like Nick Pavetta. You know, I was really into Nick Pavetta. I got Nick Pavetta everywhere. I'm dropping him this, I'm dropping him this week. I just can't yep. do it anymore. Did even though he's thing. got, he's got the same two-step that Kikuchi has next week. Although he's got at Pitt and then he's got Cleveland. And I'm just like, he couldn't do it against KC. He couldn't yep. do it against KC. It's ugly. I'm with you. 100% with you it's on that disgusting. one. Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're talking about another Bubba Thompson type, but minus the powers. Jake McCarthy picked up in 60 leagues as high as $39. Uh, since the 22nd, about two weeks of action, he's got three stolen bases and three doubles while he's hitting 286. That's yeah. All I can yeah. Say. <laughs> the, I mean, this is in 15 teamers. I was all over him last week. In 12 teamers, he was on one of my bid lists. This is this is the one schedule where I was just like drooling. I mean, the Diamondbacks have seven games, three at cores, and then four at home against the Pirates. I mean, and it's all right-handers. So I got Alec Thomas for a buck in a, a 12-teamer. He was available. He's like a $28 player this week. Uh, like McCarthy's like a $16 player this week. Um, I think these are the ones that you can exploit. The challenge is in 15 teamers. He's, he's pretty much already gone. Yeah. Universally McCarthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really liked him this week, even in a 12 teamer. I think I'd much rather have him than Oscar Gonzalez is one example. Um, no offense to you. I know you, I, you grab Oscar Gonzalez. I think he's good, good, but like, but, um, you know, McCarthy is like, you know, I think this is like the type of the schedule that you can take advantage of. No, hundred percent. If you're playing the schedule game, this is a great one. Like I, I have Alec Thomas everywhere already. I've been rolling him all year because he's just quietly just getting the job done. He's not crushing it, but his average is great. 
little power, little speed. He's not hurting you at all, really. So I'm a big Alec Thomas fan, and I, I, I get it. If you're playing the schedules, I totally get it. And that's probably one of my biggest flaws is I, I always look at schedules, but in the end, when I make my bids, I'm my brain is like looking for the overall season, so just the week ahead, and that is a flaw. I 100% admit that I should probably work on a breaking the bank for anybody. Why am I not in the schedules? That's a great question. Um, here's one you can take, though, that I like for the rest of the season, but if you look at his recent production, is Nick Gordon. Picked up in 58 leagues, as high as $51 over the last seven games, heading into Sunday, hitting 522, five extra base hits, including one homer, two stolen bases, and Alex Kirilov is now out for the season, and um, this looks like Nick Gordon's going to get some serious run, and when he's gotten consistent run, he's been very good. It's just the consistency hasn't been there. On paper, even a, a, a Twins beat writer commented on a thread I was on that said Nick Gordon should be playing every day the rest of the way, barring something weird happening. So this is a big move. At least I like him. Maybe I'm wrong. What's your thoughts on Nick Gordon? Yeah, he's one of these tough ones where I don't end up getting him. Not I, I actually had him for a while in a, in a few other leagues, and he just wasn't getting the playing time, so dropped him before the Kirloff injury. But like this week, it's like it's hard to play him, you know. Like he's got two games against the Dodgers, so he's only got two games. One's against Urias, so one's a lefty. He did play against the last lefty, but it's possible that he doesn't play against this lefty. But is he that is he that good against lefties? I I don't know. Let's see. His to be split. determined. Yeah, to be determined. I, I don't think, I there's, a big, I don't think there's a big enough sample size, really. Like he hasn't played enough. Yeah, to... there, there definitely isn't. He's got a 73 WRC plus against them yeah. with a .012 ISO. Again, way too small of a sample to make any determinations, but um, if you're Still into, ISO. into anything. Goodness. Yeah. And <laughs> then really he's bad. got then he's got Detmers and Davidson, so two lefties on the weekend. The following three days, he's got Bubich and Lynch, so he's got two additional lefties for the first half of next week and then at the back end he's got martin perez is the only one we know of so he's got one lefty on that weekend series as well so it's just one of those things where you're like ah like i really want to have nick gordon i really want to have him on my team he's i think he's really good like everything he's doing i mean he's crushing it like He's really, he's been, had a really good season. I mean, everything you want from a guy like he's doing, like, sorry, I'm, I was off of his regular page, but like he's hitting 284. You know, he's only got five home runs and five steals and 254 plate appearances. So that's kind of, that's a little blah, you know, like he's not really doing anything, even though he's but playing it's well. inconsistent playing parents. Like, so that's why it kind of, yeah. you can't get in a groove. So it's tough to judge that for me. Oh yeah, totally, totally, totally. Not a criticism of him. Just like yeah. there just hasn't been a lot that's come with the the good production or like the good playing that he's got. He's got a three seventy Babbitt, but like you know he's making contact seventy four point seven percent. He's got twenty barrels and only five home runs. You know, so been very unlucky there. Max EV is around one eleven. Barrel rates eleven point six percent. And again, this is close to three hundred plate appearances we're talking about. So like, I legitimately think he's a good player, and I'll probably try to get him in a lot of places next year, but I just don't see him being in my lineup for the next two weeks unless something changes. And so it's really hard to put in an aggressive bid, even though you like him, if he's not going to be in your lineup for two weeks, because things can change dramatically. 
And that's why Toby's a very good ball player, a very good fantasy ball player. Well, so, I, uh, I also miss out sometimes, like on these guys. Yeah, because... We'll see. We'll see. If, if he starts playing versus lefties, I'm willing to I'm gonna be very excited about this. But there's a lot of what ifs at this point in time. So I'll we'll have to kind of see how that one plays out. But uh, another guy, if you're looking for speed, I kind of like him over Bubba Thompson. <laughs> so it's one of those uh, scenarios when we're, we're, we're kind of going full circle on all these ad drops. Speaking of ad drops, Toby, let's review our week in fab. So why don't you pull up your old sheet there and let's uh, let's rock and roll. There was a lot of moves, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of moves this week. I don't know if you if everybody's ready for this. Holy cow! All right, added Ella Huris Montero, dropped Matt Beerling. Beerling's only hitting against lefties with Brandon Marsh there, which is really sad, honestly, because Beerling was starting to put it together. Um, yeah, he had a three-run homer in his one uh, start over the weekend. Uh, just a little bit of a bummer. Bit of thirty-three bucks, runner-up of twenty-two. I was a little confused. I got Montero everywhere. Like I was into him, but I didn't like see anybody talking about him. He's played the last six games for the Rockies, DHing. They're heading to Coors for eleven of their next fourteen games. I don't see who's going to take playing time away from him necessarily. Like I, this is the Rockies. So you never know, but like theoretically they want to see what they've got out of this guy. You know, even if Bryant comes back from the IL, Jonathan Daza is the one who's playing the outfield. So theoretically Bryant could replace him. There's always like your Hilliards and your Hampsons and your random guys like that. But I don't, I don't know if that's, if that is going to happen. And so, um, you know, I, I went with, uh, I went with Montero. This is a long spiel on Montero. I probably should have, uh, I honestly like didn't dig, dig that deep because he's, um, he's on Colorado. He is striking out 40% of the time. Um, that would have been nice to know before I put those bids in him, but he does have four barrels. 13.3% barrel rate. I love I love your reviews lately because you just, it's so great. So great. <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize he had that high of a strikeout well, rate. Last week, like, but, it was just pure, pure depression. Now you're going, oh, no. <laughs> this, this is entertainment, well, I'm telling you. He doesn't strike out a lot regularly. Bad X hasn't projected for 25.5%. So he's not going to have a 414 Babbitt, but um, I do like him. He's like a $10 play, player, according to... Um, uh, the Razball uh, Monday through Thursday. So I liked him. Um, let me get this thing again. Uh, Lars Newbar, uh, $23 bid, uh, backup of five, uh, dropping Bobby Dahlbeck. Newbar is another one that was a little confusing to me because I didn't hear that many people talking about him. If you look at his 15-game rolling average, good I'm God, good. Bubba, it's beautiful. The O swing yep. is way down. The ground ball rate's way down. The hard hit rate's way up the contact is way up like everything that you want to see in that he's doing he did hit against the last lefty lefty Juan Yepes is coming back at least sometime soon and I think they made a change recently at least Rotowire maybe in the grid for this week but he Newpar goes to Coors for three you know two righties one lefty so theoretically he gets two or three games um and then um uh or no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he is, I think the Brewers have two lefties going on the weekend. And so that's the only thing. They have Lauer and Ashby. So if Newt Bar continues, then I think he, if he continues to hit against lefties, then he'll, he might get those. If he doesn't, then, well, those are tough 
pitchers generally. So, you know, I'll throw somebody else in the outfield. Anyways, that was a long rambling thing about how you all should have been in on Lars Newtbar and weren't. Um, added uh, Wander Franco, dropped Jorge Soler. You know, batting average, my batting average in leagues probably over the last month is 146, I would say, across all my leagues. So Franco, I think he's scheduled to come back like around two weeks from now. Um, so I'm hoping that that happens. Soler is a little bit tough to give up on now, but he just hasn't been right this whole season. And I haven't seen any updates since he went on the IL with that back. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that I think is what is going on. Um, Bubba, did you just disappear? Did you, are you there? Oh, my mic went out. Oh my God. Back. Bubba, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Nothing. Nothing. Bubba, can you talk? Oh, maybe Bubba just disappeared. So maybe it's Bubba. Can you hear me now, Bubba? He's there. But maybe I should leave and come back. Hello. Can you hear me, Bubba? Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Can hear you. Yes, I can. Look at that. Yeah, we're back. And just like that, we're back. Where did I lose? Yeah. Where'd you lose me? Uh, um, in the middle of Newt Bar. Oh man, there's nothing worse than in the middle of Newt Bar. You know, like that's that's really where it's delicious. Um, so the long story for Newt Bar, you know, he's been playing really well um, from a skills perspective not really showing up on the results as much, but um, that could turn around quickly. And he has been playing against lefties and righties. So maybe he plays against lefties this week. We shall see. Um, added Wander Franco, uh, $12, dropped Jorge Soler. Um, the Wander, you know, yeah, I'm hoping he helps my batting average. Um, Soler's tough to give up on, but it's just been a rough year. Added Jose Barrero. He's got four games. Um, there are a little bit of touch, tough matchups. I needed a middle infielder on this team, dropped Jake lamb, added Ian Kennedy, dropped Adrian Sampson, added Will Crow, dropped Dylan Floro. So that's league number one. Sorry for all the bids that are going on here. Added Rowan wick, 46 bucks, runner up of 35, dropped Nick Pavetta, added Ella Huris Montero, dropped Bobby Dahlbeck, a bit of $34 runner up of nine. Uh, Lars Newtbar added $13, dropped Matt Beerling, $9 back up there. Can you still hear me, Bubba? Just checking. Yep, yep we're okay, good. Okay, cool. Uh, next, uh, Ella Huris. These are all 15 teamers. Ella Huris Montero dropped Josh Smith, uh, $29, runner up of 22. Added Lars Newtbar, dropped Matt Beerling, $19 bid, seven runner up. Added Le Evan Longoria, who's supposed to be activated tomorrow. Dropped Bobby Dahlbeck, uh, $4. Added Eric Swanson. Dropped Lou Trevino, 
Very curious to see what happens with Eric Swanson. He's got three saves already. He's been absolutely brilliant. He got their last save. He had pitched two games in a row, so he didn't pitch today, and Sewell got it. But I'm curious to see if Swanson factors in a little bit more there with the saves because he's he's been really great skills-wise. Added AJ Puck, dropped Nick Pavetta. Added Zach Jackson, dropped Nick Martinez. Um, so just trying to strike it lucky with closers there. And also I need a ton of pitchers because my pitchers have really bad matchups. Next one, added Rowan Wick, 57 bucks, runner-up of 23, dropped Scott Efros. Elahuris Montero dropped Bobby Dahlbeck, $36, a backup bit of three. Added Ian Kennedy, dropped Anthony Bass, bit of 26, runner-up of 21. Added Lars Newbart, dropped Trace Thompson, bit of 17, runner-up of 13. Added Eric Swanson, dropped Ross Stripling, bit of four, backup of one. Added Zach Jackson, $2, backup of one, dropped Gavin Sheets. Now we go to an OC. This is a 12-teamer. Added Jonathan Hernandez, $27, backup of three, dropped Lou Trevino. Added Araldus Chapman, dropped Justin Turner, bit of 27, runner-up of six. Added Elahuris Montero, uh, bit of three, dropped uh, Ramon Urias, no backup bid. And then added Alec Thomas for $1, dropped Jonathan Scope. And then last one, because Barf will not have run yet, although it runs in six minutes. So go change your bids quickly. Uh, Added Rowan Wick for $77. I don't even know what I was doing here. Runner up of two, dropped Jake Lamb. Added Elahiris Montero, dropped Joe Adele, bit of 33, runner up of two. Added Will Crow, dropped Chase Thompson, bit of 17, backup of one. Added Eric Swanson, dropped Bobby Dahlbeck, bit of seven. Zero backup. I mean, honestly, like this is TGFBI, so I feel like I don't yeah. need that much money to like. Don't worry about you know, that. Really one. be really be that competitive. Although it's a very competitive league, I'm in I'm in second right now. But um, yeah, those are all my those are all my teams. All right, kicking it off with my first of four OCs. Added Jose Quintana, drop Ross Stripling eight to seven. Added Derek Hall, drop Sung Kim six to three. Added Candelario, drop Derek Hosmer six to zero. Added Nick Gordon, dropped JT Brubaker, 6-3. to three. Added Mitch White, dropped Lou Trevino, 4-0. to none. Added Andres Munoz, dropped Yeri De Los Santos, 4-0. to none. So a lot of uh, little things there. Next OC, added Jose Quintana. Oh, no, that's that OC. Added Jose Quintana, dropped Taylor Rogers, 7-3. to three. Added Justin Steele, dropped Sir Anthony Dominguez, 6 to nothing. I like Steele a lot. I fell on Toby earlier. Um, an, a decent matchup this week, then a nice two-step the following week. He's been very effective of late, so I was pretty... Pumped on him. Added Alex Carroll. Uh, added Oscar Gonzalez. Dropped Alex Kirilov five to none. Added Yadiel Hernandez. Dropped Nixon Zell five to none. Added Peter Fairbanks. Dropped Pavetta four to three. All right. Next OC here. Uh, da, da, da. Added Justin Steele. Dropped Ross Stripling seven to zero. This is the OC that no one does any bidding on. Fact, there's more bids this week, just not a lot of backups. Uh, added Nikki Lopez. Dropped Jonathan Cope six to zero. Added Tyler Naquin, dropped Alex Kirloff, 4-0. Added Mitch White, dropped Garrett Whitlock, 3-0. Next OC, the final OC of the four, added... Oh, I did get Rowan Wick in one. Got Rowan Wick, dropped JT Brubaker, 13-4. Added Nicky Lopez, dropped Derek Hosmer, 9-3. Added Yadiel Hernandez, dropped Jonathan Scope, 9-0. Added Andres Munez, dropped Mark Melanson, 7-0. OCQ... Added Edward Cabrera, dropped Garrett Willock nine to six. 
added Jonathan Hernandez, dropped Taylor Rogers nine to zero. Added Jose Quintana, dropped Rossiel Iglesias eight to zero. Added Yadiel Hernandez, dropped Nick Senzel. Added Oscar Gonzalez, dropped Cody Bellinger after get two home runs. That was fun, but <laughs> I, just, I, I can't Cody Bellinger. Just, I, I'm like, I enjoy your two home runs, especially your heart's not in it. You know, no, can't do it. And then my other OCQ added Jose Quintana, dropped Lou Trevino twelve to eight. Added Jonathan Hernandez, dropped Mark Melanson twelve to twelve. Added Yadiel Hernandez, dropped Alex Kirilov. Added Alex. Oscar Gonzalez dropped Christopher Morrell, added Peter Fairbanks, dropped Tyler Rodriguez, Taylor Rogers, added Nicky Lopez, dropped Nick Pavetta. So yeah, a lot of similar players. Barf, like you said, has not run yet. Uh TGFBI, last one I got here. TGFBI. Oh, I got another Rowan Wick share. I got two. Oh holy cow. Ro- Rowan Wick everywhere. Yeah, drop Glenn Otto 13 to 9. So no break of bang for Wick in this world, though. Uh, added Yadiel Hernandez, dropped Robbie Grossman. Added Oscar Gonzalez, dropped Garrett Hampson, which the Coors on tap might have been a dumb move, but we'll see. Added Victor Caratini, dropped Omar Narvaez, because that's the world we live in. Added Mitch White, dropped JT Brewbreaker. So, yeah, so much fun. So much fun and things in the world of FAP these days. A lot of similar players, lots of just cleaning house and restart and like cleaning house again next week. It's going to be uh, that time of the year as we just keep going back and forth and back and forth. All right, let's talk listener questions. And we got one for the week. One. I know it's Sunday night. You guys weren't ready for it. I get it. Joe G, he says he needs a streamer for a locked-in win for this week. Aaron Savali is coming off the IL versus Detroit. James Caprillion versus the Angels. Uh, or Ryan Pepio uh, versus Minnesota. I don't mind Savali. I actually had a lot of bids in on Savali. I didn't get him anywhere. But I think he's at least quasi-viable. What about you? What were the options? Savale. Savale uh, against Detroit. Pepio versus Minnesota. Caprillion versus the Angels. Or if you have someone else that you can throw out there. Um, I would, I would, uh, Caprillion. Hmm. I was just trying to see um, Razball, um, what the player raider had them down for. I like um, the idea of Savale. I'll say that much. Yeah, I would say I think Savale and Caprellian are are pretty similar. I'd steer clear of Pepio. I don't know if he, has he gone five innings in any of the times he's played in the majors. Let me see. I, really quickly. Yeah, I'm pulling him up. I don't think so, honestly. Three, four, four point one, yeah. and then five. Five in so, his last start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did get a win and he pitched. He's pitched pretty well, um, so I guess it's just depends. And is he? He is scheduled to pitch, I think. Yeah, against um, Minnesota. Yeah. Well, no, I don't have him on there. Rotowire has a Jackson. I don't even know who that is. Um, he's he's a Jackson, obviously. A Jackson. He's obviously a Jackson. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think Caprellian and Savale are pretty similar. Um, I would probably lean towards Savale just because the win is more likely, although he's also coming off the IL, so you're just not sure how deep he's going to go. Other matchups. Let's take a look at the Miami Marlins. Yep, so we got Wheeler's win. going against him, Syndergaard, Gibson. So I'd take Gibson probably um, yep. for sure. We got Freed, Odorizzi, Anderson, and Strider. Uh, this was maybe pre-Anderson getting sent down. So maybe Odorizzi if he's available. I don't know what size league this is. The other team I would look at is the Pirates. You have Gallon, Henry, Bumgarner, Kelly, 
Rodon, Webb, and Woods. So maybe Mad Bum, but yeah. I'd say go to, go to Washington and get Justin Steele. That's my two cents. I'm biased, but uh, <laughs> I don't like Washington yeah. at all. Justin Steele, no, totally. I mean, Keegan Thompson, too. Yep. I like um, Keegan Thompson a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, those are the terrible offenses, really. Um, Sammy Watkins, you mentioned, or is it, it's not Sammy Watkins, Spencer Watkins. You know, he's yeah. pitched decently recently. You doing, you doing fancy football practice right now on me? Uh, Sammy maybe. Watkins. Maybe. <laughs> Holy cow. Who drafts him? Um, yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay can be pretty bad sometimes offensively. So you could go Spencer uh, Watkins right there. You know, what I generally, let me, let me just see for Cleveland. Is it at Cleveland or is it at Detroit? They just don't strike out a ton. It's at Detroit. And then the other one that we were looking at is Caprellian. I might lean Caprellian because it, oh, although he's up against Otani. That's so tough. that's probably a no. That's going to be a no. At least Savali's up against Hutchinson. Yeah, Got I'd say Savali there. seems like a good, good yeah. enough bet. That's him. right. That's where I put my faggot. But I'm a big uh, Justin Steele fan. But I'm biased, like I said. I've, I've dug in. I've been using him a lot in DFS lately. I've been watching the kind of progression he's making. He will have a blow up from time to time. It will happen. But... Overall, he's shown some very good good uh, development of late, and getting he's got Washington this week, Washington next week, and Milwaukee. Milwaukee could be tricky, but two step next week, back to back Washington starts. I like my chances with uh, Mister Steele. All right, Toby, that'll wrap us up on a Sunday night. Any final thoughts uh, as we uh, head into another week of action? Yeah, one one thing, Bubba. I think Barf has run since we. Oh, let's see what we got. We can here. see what happened. That's Bet you ten bucks. I got Lars Newbar. I I didn't bet on him, so you. Oh my god! Oh my Someone god! Did you want him? No, no. Oh, but no runner up. <laughs> Lars right. Newbar dropped Trace Thompson seventeen bucks. No runner up. Will Crow dropped Nick Pavetta seventeen bucks. Seven dollars. Elahiris Montero adds seventeen bucks. <laughs> dropped Yandy Diaz. Nothing. Kevin Newman added for seven. Dropped Schwindel. Nothing. No backups. $7 worth of backup bids on all that. I got Quintana dropped David Peterson 21 to 12. I got Ryan Tapia dropped Robbie Grossman 16 to 0. That kind of stings, but Ryan Mel's playing every day right now. Uh, Nick Gordon dropped AJ Pollock 12 to 1. So we'll see how that plays out. I just, I'm, I can't do AJ Pollock anymore. I'll probably regret it. 15 teamer, I was the bit, but I just can't. He's just inconsistently bad. So, um, yeah, fun, fun fab and barf as usual. Sammy Reed got Ian Kennedy. That should make everybody feel better. He's running away with this league. Oh, so, man. He's got that going for him. But he also added Juan Yepes, so he's going up against your your, your Newt Bar. Oh, <laughs> man. He's challenging Sammy, you. Sammy, Newt Bar is going to get me to the top. He's going to get me to the top. Yeah. Your Yepes is going to bring you down. Beautiful. Bring you down. All right, any final thoughts for the week? Um, Nope. Not really. Just, just hope everything goes well. We're all just rolling the dice at this point. Yep. Just hope you guys stay healthy. Don't get blown up. And uh, you put some strong hitting days together. That's the best way I could say it. And what's most tilting now is because, you know, we still have two months. There's still time. And we're not going to say there's not. But it's even more tilting now when the guys on the bench do good because you're like, I really need those right now. I really needed those. <laughs> so mm. uh, just – Lock it in and walk away is what I can say right now. See how it goes. But as usual, we'll be back with you guys next week to recap Fab. Uh, check out Toby on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. I am at BDNTrick. And until next time, catch you guys later.
That's going to wrap us up for episode 228 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast in edition number 132 of Bubba and the Batflip, reviewing week 19 fab. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, really appreciate it. Uh, eight more weeks to go uh, left in the season. So uh, best of luck to all of you in your leagues. Take care and be kind to one another.